0: Hello, and welcome back to the 20 Minute Fitness Podcast. This is episode number three. This podcast is powered by Shapescale. Shapescale is a 3D body scanning scale that is set to revolutionize the way we track our progress. Combining both visual cues of progression and real data, Shapescale will keep you on the right path to achieving your goals. So we thought we'd start a new series for our podcast now um, and it's all about body composition. We want to understand what our bodies are made up of and how we can track any changes that happen to our bodies as a result of our nutrition and exercise. And I hope um, you found, you know, previous weeks um, that our delivery of our 20-minute fitness podcast um, is progressing and I really hope you're enjoying the content. Please uh, don't forget to share it with your Fitness loving friends and family, and also leave us a review. Again, I am your host, Charlie, and I will be leading you on this mission to understand more about our bodies. Don't forget, you can follow Shapescale on our various social media channels for more updates and news. And our Twitter is at Shape underscore scale. Our Instagram is at Shapescale. And our Facebook is Shaping. So, let's get into the show. The first episode in our body composition series will really cover the basics and it will hopefully give you an idea as to what the human body is made of. According to the Mosby Medical Dictionary, body composition can be defined as the relative proportions of protein, fat, water and mineral components in the body. It varies among individuals as a result of differences in body density and degree of obesity. It is important to understand that there are different models of body composition. The most basic of these is called the two-component or two-compartment model, which divides obviously your body into two parts. And before I explain this two-compartment model, it is also worth mentioning that the two-component model assumes the level of water in our bodies, and uh, the, sorry, the level of water in our bodies is constant. And I will explain more about this later why that's important. But without further ado, let's uh, start exploring the two different components. These are your fat mass and your fat free mass. So fat mass refers to pure lipid molecules and fat free mass is basically everything else, your proteins, minerals, carbohydrates, water, everything other than lipid molecules basically. And when we talk about our fat mass, we're really talking mainly about our adipose tissue. And this is basically our fat tissue. And it's not just lipid molecules, but uh, it also consists of you know the blood supply and connective tissue as well. And I know I called adipose tissue fat tissue, but it's, fat, it's not just the fat that you can see on your body. It actually incorporates visceral fat and subcutaneous fat. Subcutaneous fat is the fat you see on your bodies. It is the layers under your skin, whilst visceral fat is around your intestines, pancreas and your heart. Visceral fat is known to be the more harmful of the two. And there's actually been quite strong links to obesity and cardiovascular disease. And it is often um, higher in men. But our body is actually 60 to the fat we have, the adipose tissue we have, 60 to 89 percent of that is subcutaneous fat. So the fat underneath our skin, uh, underneath our skin. Sorry. And that is why um, skin caliper fold tests, which we'll explore more next week, can relatively accurately measure our body fat percentage as they presume that all our fat is subcutaneous. This also illustrates one of the pitfalls of the skin fold test because obviously we're ignoring the fact that someone could have more visceral fat than someone else. Um, for example, a skinny fat individual with a large beer belly may uh, have a lot of visceral fat, but they have relatively little sort of jiggly subcutaneous fat. And that's why, you know, there's, there are inaccuracies related to skin fold tests. And it's actually advised, instead of using the calculations... Um, that are derived from the equations from the uh, skin fold measurements, you should actually just look to see if your skin folds are decreasing in millimetres. But it's inevitable, but we have fat all over our body. Even our brain is 60% fat. But we can work to lose this fat. And obviously, you all know that's by working out, eating right, and leading a healthy lifestyle. Um. However, only a few machines, such as an MRI scan, will actually be able to distinguish between what type of adipose tissue you're losing. Are you losing visceral or subcutaneous? You won't really know unless you go for a MRI scan. Um, Before we move on to fat-free mass and what that consists of, um, we'll look at why we do need fat. Fat allows the body to store energy. It acts as an insulator and it regulates our body temperature. It also cushions our internal organs. And so we can already see that fat is still essential to our body and our well-being. For women, it's advised not to decrease your body fat percentage to any lower than 10 to 13%. And according to the American Council on Exercise, men shouldn't go any lower than around 2 to 5%, but even that is very low. That's Strictly it's just essential fat for your body's survival. Athletic women, on the other hand, are in the range of 14 to 20%, and athletic men are anywhere between 6 and 13%. So finding the right balance is really key. Right, on to fat free mass, and the thing we're focusing on, obviously, is muscle mass or skeletal muscle mass. This is what changes as we begin to train and work out hard and things like that. It is all the muscle in the body, excluding smooth muscle and cardiac muscle, which is found around the heart and the organs. Our skeletal muscle can change according to where we train, our age and our diet. So, for example, if we're in a, a calorific sort of surplus, then I'm progressively overloading our muscles we'd hope to increase our skeletal muscle mass. Whilst if we are looking to lose body fat and we are eating in a deficit or taking in less energy than we're expending, um, then we are often sacrificing skeletal muscle mass uh, in order to lose this body fat. Skeletal muscle contains anywhere from 60 to 80% water, about 20 to 33% protein, and two to three percent into muscular mu- uh, fat, sorry, and seventy-five percent of skeletal muscle is found in the arms and legs. So obviously, I said earlier that body composition tests main in the two compartment model maintain that we- that the human body has a constant total body water. However, it's just become evident that our muscles have sixty to eighty percent water within them, and so. Really, this isn't a constant. Um, We can in fact manipulate our body composition by hydrating our bodies or dehydrating our bodies, which changes the level of water within our muscle and adipose tissue. Even taking a supplement like creatine can actually make the water levels within your tissues fluctuate. Creatine is an amino acid that we uh, usually get from eating seafood or red meat, but we can also take it as a supplement. Um, Our body converts creatine to phosphocreatine and stores it in our muscles. It's then used for energy. So people take creatine really to improve athletic performance, build muscle mass, build strength and all that. And it's actually been proven that creatine increases total body water because water actually enters muscle cells as well as the creatine when we start to supplement it. So we can already see that total body water doesn't stay constant in our bodies, which is something that the two-compartment body composition tests neglect. As well as the fact that water varies throughout the day, the level of water we retain is always changing. Um, In fact, we actually uh, lose 9% of total body water over the day, which on average equates to about... 6.88 pounds of water, so about three and a bit kilograms of water we're turning over throughout the day. So, you know, we can really see that it uh, definitely would have an effect on our body composition tests. So, um, yes, the the two-component model does have its flaws, and another one being that it does ignore the bones completely. Um, A DEXA scan, which, again, we'll look into next week, uses a three-compartment model, so that actually considers bones in its uh, body composition analysis. And on average, our bones make up 4% of our body, so obviously they do have a a part to play in our body composition. And our bone density increases until we're about the age of 30. So this does change. But before I sign off and uh, actually... um, Finish this podcast. I would like to say, you know, give some uh, give some recommendations and some quick benefits of maintaining a healthy body composition. So the first one is obviously by working to lose fat, by working to maintain a healthy body composition, and obviously visceral fat is the more concerning of the two. Um, we can actually decrease our risk of developing diabetes, metabolic diseases, and osteoporosis. And, you know, a whole host of other uh, diseases and things like that that we can reduce by keeping fit and keeping healthy. And regular physical activity has actually been associated with so many benefits, such as increased energy, a more stable set of mind It's good for your mental health, it releases endorphins and things like that. Uh, It can help you de-stress after a long day. Um, It can help you maintain your cognitive function. So, you know, a whole host of benefits of keeping active, keeping fit, and just generally looking after your body. The American College of Sports Medicine and the American Heart Association suggest that at least doing uh, moderate intensity, like cardio training, for 30 minutes a day, five days a week, or high intensity training for 20 minutes a day and up to three days a week um, is a great start, and also incorporating strength training movements into that. So, eight to ten strength training exercises such as push ups, your pull ups, your planks, and just you know working to do those you know at least two days out of the week. We have so, um, I'm afraid that is all the time we have time for this week. I really hope you like gained a greater understanding of what our bodies are made up of, why we can't you know, completely rely on body composition tests to tell us what our bodies are made up of. Um, and I really hope you're looking forward to finding out more about the different types of tests like hydrostatic weighing, um, using tape measures to calculate your body fat percentage, more about shape scale. Um, we'll talk about DEXA scans we'll talk about bioimpedance there's lots to discuss next week as well and I hope you're looking forward to that Um, and yeah again I really hope you got some value out of this and learned something about maybe adipose tissue or uh, skeletal muscle mass and if you did um, we would really appreciate a review on itunes or google play or stitcher and if you could recommend us to any of your friends or share our podcast that would be amazing because we are just starting to get into the podcasting it is new for us and we would appreciate any feedback and any help we can get on the subject Um, so if you have any advice for us or if you have anything you'd like us to cover in as part of the body composition series then please do not hesitate to get in touch Uh, My email is Charlie at Shapescale.com That's Charlie with C-H-A-R-L-I-E at Shapescale.com And I'd appreciate, honestly, any feedback whether you think I'm a good host or whether I I have room for improvement all of that's valuable feedback for me. So, yeah, do not hesitate to let me know. And that is all for now. So we will see you next week and I hope you enjoyed the show